What's up, what's up, and welcome. Welcome to the fourth quarter where today we are listing the top 10 point guards in the NBA today. Let's get straight into it. Alright, before we start, I'm just going to say that Steph Curry is not on this list, first of all, and second of all, that I have two honorable mentions and a tie at number 10. So it's more of a top 11 players and two honorable mentions who are D'Angelo Russell and Jamal Murray. Um, I have D'Lo uh, as an honorable mention, not because he hasn't played well this season, he's played like really great this season, but he's just getting really overlooked because he's on a losing team, uh, obviously with the Warriors first of all, and now with the uh, Timberwolves. Um, I have a Jamal just because of the talent that's above him. He's a really great player, obviously, on a really great Nuggets team, but he just isn't as good as some of the other players on this list. So going right in, tied at number 10, we have De'Aaron Fox, who's averaging 20.5 points per game, 4 rebounds, 6.8 assists, while shooting 47.5% from the field, 33.5% from 3, and 71.8% from the charity stripe. Uh, obviously, Swipe is a beast, but he started off the season pretty slow with the injury, obviously, early in the season. But the Kings have been one of the hottest teams in the league before, obviously, the league got suspended. Obviously, he's been leading them to, well, contention for the 8th seed. Um, they're only a few games off of the Grizzlies. If this season comes back, they have a major chance at making it to the playoffs this year. Uh, at num- at well, tied at number 10, we have the Grizzlies starting point guard, John Morant. John's obviously having a great season where he is the primary candidate for Rookie of the Year. He's averaging 17.5, 3.5 rebounds, 7 assists, while shooting almost 50% from the field, 36.7% from 3, and 77% from the charity stripe. And the Grizzlies are a really young team with Jaron Jackson Jr., obviously, Dylan Brooks, um, Justice Winslow once he comes back from injury, and they have a really bright future in the league. Uh, so I have John Morant tied at number 10. At number 9, I have a player I wasn't honestly expecting to put this low in Kemba Walker. Kemba's a four-time All-Star who's averaging 21 points per game, four rebounds, five assists, shooting 42% from the field, 37% from three, and 86% from the free throw line. Yeah, he was an all-star starter this year, but he really, he's been the third option for the uh, Celtics this year, and that's saying something. If you have Kemba Walker, who's an all-star starter, and Jason Tatum as your first option, and Kemba as your third option, then you obviously have a stacked team, and they had, the Celtics have a, well, they have a really bright young future with Jalen Brown, Mark Smart, uh, Jason Tatum, they're all having great seasons, but... Um, Kemba obviously was an all-star starter this year, but we haven't seen him really since the all-star break because he's had that injury. And in the few games we did see him back, he hasn't really been that great. He was only averaging 15-4-4, shooting 30% from the field and 25% from three. But of course, he could have picked it up before before the season got suspended. He could have obviously picked it up, but uh, we didn't really see that. So um, that's kind of the reason I have him down here and... Uh, he's still been good, though, just he hasn't been the Kemba we're used to. He hasn't been that great. At number eight, we have Ben Simmons. Yeah, it might be a little controversial putting Ben Simmons this low, but um, I I was honestly debating to put him at nine under Kemba or 
or I could have put him at 7 above the player that you'll see there. But I'm going to stick with 8 for now. I feel like he could be way higher on this list, even in the top 5. But he's so reluctant to take a 3, even though he's shown that he can make them. Uh, he's only taken like 3 3s in his career, but and he's he scored one of them. Um, that obviously doesn't mean that he can score them at a high level, but it means that he can shoot them and that he can score them if he just develops develops that shot a bit more. And to be a top five point guard in the, today's NBA, you have to be able to shoot the three ball. But other than that, he's great in almost everything else. He's leading point guards in field goal percentage with something that I find surprising, by the way. George Hill was in second place, shooting like 52% from the field. Um, but yeah, Ben is a great playmaker and a passer, and he's a consensus all-defensive team player almost every year. Uh, he had a slow start to the season this year, though, averaging like 12 points in November, but he's picked it up. Uh, he was averaging like 22 in January, right when he was starting to get hot again. He went down with an injury, unfortunately, and he hasn't played uh, since that injury, of course, with the season being suspended. But um, obviously, he's not shooting, and at the end of the day, he's not going to get higher on uh, this list unless he takes a shot to the next level. Fortunately for him, though, he's still 23, so he has some time to grow and to develop a shot. At number 7, we have one of the most underrated players in the league, and that's Kyle Lowry. Uh, Kyle's averaging 20 points per game, almost 5 rebounds, and 7.7 .7 assists, shooting 41% from the field, 35% and 35% from three. He's a six-time All-Star, and he's leading the Raptors to the second-best record in the East and the third-best record in the entire league. Um, that's pretty insane considering the Nuggets are a team, the Rockets are a team, the Celtics are a team, and he's still managing with Siakam to lead a team that just lost probably a top-three player in the league to the third best record in the entire NBA. Um, but like another player on this list, he's been able to lead a huge underdog team to an almost guaranteed playoff berth at this point, uh, if the season continues. Uh, at number six, I have another all-star starter this year in Trey Young. Trey Young is averaging 29.6 points per game, 4.3 rebounds, 9.3 assists, shooting 42% from the field, 34% from three, and 84% from the free throw line. He's obviously having a great season in only his second year, and the reason, well, one of the reasons he's not higher is because he's the one having the great season and not the Hawks. He's a great scorer and playmaker, but he's also a major liability on defense. Of course, that's uh, mainly because he's usually the, he'll usually be the smallest guy on the court, but that's still a liability on that side of the ball nonetheless. However, he's still an amazing player, ball handler, and playmaker, probably one of the best offensive talents in the league right now in only his sophomore season. He's got a great career ahead of him, and if he can start leading the Hawks to wins next year, he'll for sure be higher. At number 5, I have CP3, who's a 10-time All-Star, 4-time Assist Champ, and 6-time Steel Champ. This year, he's averaging 17 points, 5 rebounds, 6.8 assists, shooting 49% from the field, 36% from 3, and 90% from the free throw line. He's a guy who's having a season like Kyle Lowry's, or more like Kyle Lowry's having a season like him. Uh, Bleacher Report had his team at winning 41-41 and 41 and barely making the playoffs in the 8th seed. But he's been able to prove them wrong by already being the 5th seed and already having 40 wins. It just shows you the impact he's had on the team. Of course, the 3-point guard lineup they're playing with has been great for them. 
with Shea leading the team in scoring with 19 in game. He's obviously a great young player who's having probably the best season of his career and probably going to win in the Sixth Man of the Year award this year. And of course, Chris Paul, who has been well amazing this year. He's uh, most people didn't even expect him to be on the Thunder by the end of the year or even by the end of the trade deadline. But he's proven everyone wrong. Obviously, props to Billy Donovan and Sam Presti. Uh, Billy now being a candidate for the Coach of the Year for his decisions, and Sam as Executive of the Year also for his decisions. Moving on to number four, we have Russell Westbrook. Um, he's a nine-time All-Star, two-time scoring champ, two-time assist champ, and this season he's averaging 27.5 points per game, eight rebounds, seven assists, shooting 47% from the field, and 77% from the free throw line. Obviously, in the first half of the season, he wasn't really doing anything crazy, averaging like 22 over the first couple months. But then started to pick it up in December, averaging 27. And then in January, when Mike D'Antoni started really using the microball lineup and sticking to it, he started balling out, averaging 32 points per game. And he played even better in February with 33 points per game. He cooled off in the beginning of March, though, in the four games we saw him play, where he put up 26 points per game. I honestly don't know how to feel about the micro ball lineup though, because like one second they're on a six game win streak, and the next they lost three in a row. Obviously, two of the teams being teams that you really don't want to be losing to if you're a team of the caliber of the Rockets, obviously being the Knicks and the Magic. On the other hand though, Russ was finally getting some spacing with Capella gone to the Hawks in a trade that they got Robert Covington back in. Um, he, Russ could actually start driving to the hoop. Because Capella, obviously, when he was there, he was clogging up the paint. Um, so now he could drive to the hoop. And if he didn't have anything, he could kick it out to one of the four shooters around him, obviously. All of them, or most of them being elite shooters. P.J. Tucker, Robert Covington, James Harden, uh, Eric Gordon, and the others, obviously. But although the lineup has been decent in the regular season, a big concern uh, was that was what would happen in the playoffs if they happened to match up against a team like the Lakers or the Nuggets. One team obviously with AD and the other with Jokic. Both players who can play on the perimeter. But he's still having a great season nonetheless and I have him at number 4. At number 3 I have Luka Doncic who's averaging 28.7 points per game, 9.3 rebounds, 8.7 assists, 40, shooting 46% from the field. 32% from three, and 73% from the free throw line. He was a uh, rookie of the year last year and an all-star starter this year. I could have had him on my shooting guard or small forward list, but he's been the Mavs starting point guard this year, so he's at number three. He's obviously having a beast MVP caliber season this year, and him and Porzingis are a crazy good duo. The future of the team and potentially the future of the league could be in their hands. They're leading the team to the 7th seed in the West, 8 games above the Grizzlies, though, who are the 8th seed. He's not a very efficient 3-point shooter, but he's a player that has so much swagger and confidence with his shot that when you watch him play and shoot the ball, you'd think he's a sniper. He's a super fun and exciting player to watch, and he's having one of the best sophomore seasons of all time right after having a historic rookie campaign. A lot of people thought that he might have a sophomore slump, but he's proving all the doubters wrong. Even in his whole career so far, he hasn't really hit a so-called wall. Uh, like, for example, Trey Young last year wasn't really good in the first half of the season, but then gradually increased his production on the court throughout the season. We haven't really seen anything like that from Luka yet, and that's just another thing that makes him a generational player. 
Another great thing about him is that he has a capability of making players around him actually better. Stats-wise, he took Maxi Kleba and Dorian Finney-Smith from both averaging 6.5 and 7.5 respectively, did 9.5 points per game. Um, those are just some of the reasons I have, at, I have him at number three, and he is the future of the league. At number two, I have big game Damian Lillard. He's averaging 29 points per game, 4.3 rebounds, 7.8 assists, shooting 45% from the field, 39% from three, 89% from the free throw line, and he's a five-time All-Star and four-time All-NBA player. Even though he's missed some time, some time from the season because of his injuries, he's still always the second-best point guard in the league, which obviously might be kind of depressing, always being second-best, but let's be real. The guy usually above him is arguably the greatest point guard of all time, is the greatest shooter of all time, and has three rings. Unless Dame gets a ring or Steph retires, Dame's stuck here. But he's still an amazing three-point shooter, maybe the best, maybe the most clutch player in the NBA. He's an amazing playmaker and a guy you can always trust with the ball. And even though with the Trailblazers being trashed this year, which is mostly due to injuries, obviously Nurk being out, uh, he's still having an MVP caliber season. Some people might have forgotten, but at one point in the season, man caught fire and averaged 45 over 8 games. When Dame catches fire, he can't stop, and when he cools off, he's still averaging 25+. plus. He's a perennial MVP candidate, and he's still got a few years ahead of him for a playoff push. At number one, though, we have not Steph, because I told you at the beginning of the video, I'm not putting Steph in this video because he hasn't played for most of the season. At number one, we have... Not Lillard because he's always at number two because he's never going to surpass Steph, unfortunately for him. At number one, we have LeBron James, who's averaging 25.7 points per game, eight rebounds, and leading the league with 10.6 assists per game, shooting 50% from the field and 35% from the three, leading the Lakers to the number one seed at his age 35 season. It's crazy to see a player in his 17th season performing at an elite level like LeBron is. Not just performing at an elite level, he's actually leading the team to the two, to the well, being the second best team in the league. His chemistry this season with Anthony Davis, who the Lakers obviously last season pursued for so long, has been great. And the Lakers are in win now mode with their two stars. It's just crazy, just it's just honestly crazy how crazy good the king is. And hopefully he'll be in the league for years to come. Um, thank you guys for listening for to today's episode. If you're watching on YouTube, don't forget to like and subscribe. And check out the podcast. If you're listening on the podcast, please check out the YouTube channel and like and subscribe. And if you didn't like the if you didn't like this episode, it's still cool. Please still subscribe. Uh, really helps me a lot. And uh, thanks for listening, guys. I'll catch you in the next one.